This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. More people are choosing to avoid the dealership experience and buying cars online, and we'll learn more about that process in our next segment. But right now, disruptions in the supply chain continue to damage the U.S. and global economies, while other businesses are dealing with a crippling shortage of workers. And joining us to talk about all that, Tom Hudson, the Week Ahead columnist with McClatchy Tribune News Services out of Miami. So, Tom, what's the deal with the supply chain, and why is this a problem that seems to not only be happening now, but uh, could be affecting us right through the holidays. The quick restart of the American economy from the depths of the uh, consequences of the economic restrictions that were taken in March, April, and May of 2020 particularly. Uh, The American consumer had been sitting on a lot of money, wasn't going out to restaurants or traveling necessarily, but doing some online shopping. And as the economy and the job market has rebounded, wages have increased, people are wanting to spend money, and they're spending money on things that tend to have been made overseas if you're buying items. Well, turns out those factories overseas, particularly in China and uh, generally in Asia, they had to deal with the shutdown as well. And so now you've got a classic supply and demand imbalance. The demand for many of these goods has been rebounding faster than the supply. The factories haven't been able to be restarted quite as fast, or if they have, then you've got cargo ship issues, then you've got container box issues, then you've got port capacity issues, railroad issues, truck driver shortages, all of that stuff to get from the factory floor to, in all likelihood, Jim, more and more today, the front door as opposed to the store shelf. Tom, any indication that with all of these factors involved, that we're going to see any kind of easing in the supply chain issues anytime soon? Well, uh, strong supply, uh, rather strong demand is obviously driving prices. We're seeing that uh, inflationary trend happening, and it's gone well beyond transitory, which is what the Federal Reserve had uh, described this as months ago. Well, we're we're moving on from transitory right now. Not to say it's permanent, but it's here and it's real, certainly for household budgets. Uh, That is going to help solve, right? Higher prices help solve higher prices because it is going to be the incentive for private industry, particularly to put resources together to try to take advantage and try to find the profit margin here. And that that can address the supply issue, which will ultimately then uh, help bring down prices. In some cases, this could be something relatively fast, in other words, another number of months uh, or so, but it could also be something that, that can take 
quite a bit longer of a time. You can't build a semiconductor uh, manufacturing plant overnight, for instance, to address the shortage of semiconductors that's been affecting new and used vehicle prices. Is this long term going to help domestic production at all? Are are, are companies going to be looking to say, look, we've been reliant on overseas production for so long, but this is an indication of just how vulnerable we are, and maybe we need to have a little more of a production presence domestically. Well, it certainly is an indication of the vulnerability of the hollowing out of the U.S. manufacturing base over the course of the past generation and a half. No doubt there, Jim. I'm a little bit less convinced, and the folks I speak to are certainly less convinced, that this is really going to... uh, to to uh, uh, come to an onshoring uh, real trend of companies moving manufacturing back to the United States. Just take, for instance, personal protective equipment like surgical masks and gowns. A big push early in the pandemic to bring manufacturing and incentivize manufacturing here in the United States. Uh, a number of those mask manufacturers have had a real tough time finding uh, strong and consistent, sustained buyers in order to justify the kind of investments that they've had to make. That's Tom Hudson, the week ahead columnist for McClatchy Tribune News Services out of Miami and a longtime colleague of mine. Tom, always a pleasure to talk to you and catch up. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Car buyers are increasingly going online to make their purchases. And let's look at some of the reasons for the change with John McElroy automotive industry analyst and host of autoline.tv out of detroit so john why are more people shopping online rather than at the dealer well jim it's all started with covid you know when a year ago people were afraid to go out and uh didn't want to congregate especially didn't want to stand around a showroom at a car dealership they started looking at how they could do all the paperwork at the very least online Turns out a lot of people like doing it that way, and it's no longer just a fad. It's definitely a trend. And is this something that dealers are responding to? They're going, look, we're losing customers to online merchants, or is it in some cases the dealers who are just shifting the focus of their customers from the show floor to the computer? Look, when it comes to traditional automakers and traditional brands like from Ford or Toyota or General Motors or whatever, They have to sell cars through dealers. There's no way that the factory can sell direct. Now, when you look at the startups, you know, especially like Tesla, it doesn't have any dealers. It only sells online. And so what we're seeing right now is traditional dealers are allowing customers to do almost all the paperwork online. Maybe they've got to come in and sign it, although some brands you don't even have to go to the dealership at all. It depends by the law in each of the the 50 states. But in some cases, you can do all the transaction online and they will come deliver the car to your home. There's a lot of convenience there, but is there any advantage to actually going into the dealer and literally dealing with the franchise to maybe try to improve your your deal? Is Or is it simply the online experience? You can pretty much do the same thing. Well, you know, you used to go into a dealership to see what was available and maybe haggle over the price. Those days are largely gone. Most people going into a dealership now have already done all their research online. They know what they want and try to haggle with a price. (laughs) That is so 2019. (laughs) I mean, ever since COVID hit and the inventory has dried up, 
it's unbelievable the prices that dealers are getting for cars right now. All-time record profits for car dealerships. And so I, I would say lots of luck trying to haggle over the price. You may not just have to pay the MSRP. You may have to uh, pay a premium over that, depending on the model that you want. So, John, very quickly, what are some tips for people who are going to either are shopping online or or, are thinking about shopping online for a vehicle to make the experience as uh, beneficial as possible? Well, read up on it. You know, know what you're going to have to go through. Buying a car is like buying a house. It's very complicated. You have to go through all kinds of paperwork, all kinds of legalese. You've got to initial this and sign that. It can take you a couple of hours. So you better know when you sit down at your laptop or your tablet or desktop that you know the process you're going to get into. Because as long as you know what you're going to get into, it should be fairly easy. Otherwise, it's going to be very frustrating. John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and the host of Autoline.tv out of Detroit. Thanks, John. Appreciate the information. Up next, the latest quarterly report from Netflix shows better than expected subscriber growth. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Netflix has posted its third quarter results and it shows solid subscriber growth. And let's get the latest on the streaming wars. From Tuna Omobi, the media and entertainment analyst at CFRA Research in New York. So, Tuna, Netflix seemed to do well, but not all investors seem to be happy with that. Why? Yeah, no, I thought the numbers, um, there were several positive takeaways in the earnings, Jim. Um, you know, I think what's kind of uh, concerning investors a little bit is the uh, Q4 guide for 8.5 million uh, global net additions, which I thought, frankly, is a very respectable number. Uh, from where they're coming from, given the challenges they had in the first half. But I think the street was probably looking for something closer to $9.5 million. That being said, I think there's uh, probably upside to that guidance, especially on the back of the Squid Game uh, phenomenon that I think uh, got released uh, in the uh, latter part of the, of the, of the uh, Q3 of September. So I think that's going to be a catalyst going into Q4. And also the content slate uh, looks really, really good for uh, Q4 and into next year. So Netflix has done a remarkable job to uh, come back and get back up and running from the COVID-19 disruption. So do you have any thoughts on buy or hold or whatever in terms of Netflix? What should be investors doing with that stock? Sure. I think we have a buy on Netflix right now. We actually raised uh, our 12-month target to $725 going into the earnings. I think, uh, as you know, there's uh, an intense streaming wars uh, that's still playing out right now. I think we're still in the early innings of of that uh, um, phenomenon. But I I do think Netflix and potentially others like Disney Plus and uh, uh, and, and Warner Brothers, HBO Max, et cetera, are going to be among the ultimate winners. Um, the, uh, the the race is all about content. It's a huge land grab out there. Netflix has really positioned itself pretty well. Uh, they're spending about $17 billion this year in content. That number has been going up exponentially. And as, as you know, they, they've gotten a lot of critical acclaim in, in the kind of content that they are releasing. And now talking about uh, venturing into um, video games and merchandising, and salary opportunities that should uh, help the story going forward. Tuna Moby, the media and research analyst at CFRA Research out of New York. Thanks, Tuna. Appreciate the update on Netflix. Still ahead on Personal Finance Wednesday, turning a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA. 
a deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets generally pushing higher today, and we're joined by Paul Nolte, the Portfolio Manager at Kingsview Asset Management in Chicago. It was pretty much across the board positive, but we've seen the NASDAQ fall off in the last 45 minutes or so. So what's happening on Wall Street today and why? Yeah, it's, you know, we're taking a look at a market that has generally been positive for the last few days. It, I think it's running on the fact that earnings uh, season has begun. We're hearing, generally speaking, good numbers and decent commentary from a lot of companies, even though we've been looking at higher prices for a lot of goods and services. But it looks as though many of the companies are going to be able to deal with that problem fairly well, and it's not going to be as large an impact on earnings as um, maybe a Wall Street originally thought. So, Paul, how are companies handling that, dealing with it, adjusting to these realities that don't seem to be going away anytime soon? Yeah, Procter & Gamble is a is a good case in point. They said, you know, they're going to be uh, they're they're taking it on the chin here a little bit. Some of it is going to come through in earnings. They are raising some of their prices um and investors at least in Procter & Gamble not thrilled with that. But many other companies have been able to raise prices uh and have been able to uh increase overall uh uh, consumer spending. So not only are we buying more stuff, we're doing it at higher prices, and a lot of that is still able to fall through the bottom line, even though um, prices for inputs are are higher. So that's part of the reason why we're seeing the inflation numbers up around that 4 or 5% that we've been seeing for the last few months. Paul, what's concerning you right now and what's giving you reason for optimism as we look at uh, what's happening on Wall Street and as we move ahead, especially as we're heading toward the holiday season and some of these issues that we keep hearing about? Yeah, we're going to have these issues, I think, right through the end of the year. So uh, get your Christmas shopping done early. Uh, gift cards are, are going to be plentiful this year, I think. Uh, but I think when you take a look at Wall Street specifically, uh, valuations are still kind of high. I think inflation and how that gets resolved, a Fed that is supposed to, or at least has been talking about cutting back on their bond purchases, could push interest rates higher, and that could be a serious headwind for equities. Uh, you know, right now with interest rates very, very low, uh, a lot of investors are looking at saying, I really don't want bonds, give me some stocks. But if interest rates do pick up, uh, over the next three, six months or so, I think then you may look at an equity market that's going to struggle to make headway. But right now, monetary conditions very easy. We're still talking about a trillion dollars coming out of Congress. Uh, so those conditions, at least in the short term, bode still very well for the market. So I think the worries are more after the first of the year, but I think between now and the end of the year, uh, Wall Street should be uh, in good shape for Christmas. Is this a good time to make some adjustments, or is it a good time to simply evaluate your portfolio and then kind of see how things go before you make a decision? You know, I, I, there's never a bad time, I don't think, to rebalance a portfolio, and certainly this year has been a great opportunity to do that. We've seen stocks go up 15 to 20%, and we've seen uh, the interest rate uh, rise a little bit, so the bond portion of your portfolio maybe has gone down a little bit. So taking some of those profits off the table is not a bad thing. Rebalancing your portfolio back to target. Same thing with your 401k. Uh, probably a good time to take a look at that as we head into year end. Make sure that 
the investments there are doing what you think they should be doing. Um, and also, if you haven't, for those that are taking required distributions out of IRAs, I uh, probably want to make sure that the, that gets done here over the next couple of weeks ahead of the Christmas holiday. So this is a good time to kind of evaluate where you're at in the portfolio and maybe make some changes ahead of year end uh, before the busy Christmas season gets started in earnest. That's Paul Nolte, the portfolio manager at Kingsview Asset Management here in Chicago. And speaking of what just Paul talked about on Personal Finance Wednesday, we're going to talk about converting a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Making sense of your dollars. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, and this afternoon we're examining the hows and whys of converting a traditional IRA to Roth IRAs, and we're joined by Craig Bolanos, the founding partner and chief executive officer of Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. So, Craig, why should people consider the transition, and more importantly, what's the best way to do it? Well, Jim, the big reason why is who doesn't like tax-free money and getting money into your Roth IRA, getting money into your 401k, 
puts you in a position to have a part of your assets in what we call the tax-free safety zone. And that's mission critical, especially if you believe that tax rates might be going up in the future. If you think there's a chance you might be in a higher tax bracket when you retire than where you might be today. I know that's counter to conventional wisdom, but it could happen. So there's a whole host of reasons as to why we want to get money there. So what's the best way to do it? What's the way to do it that makes sure that you get the maximum benefit from making that transition? Well, we need to be intentional. All of our financial decisions need to be very intentional. And when it comes to Roth conversions, I remind everybody, handle with care. So an ideal situation would be this. We're in the fourth quarter of 2021. Everybody should be taking a look at their year-to-date pay stubs, making an estimate as to what their total income is going to be for the year, and then comparing that income to the current tax bracket schedule. And as an example, if I was a married couple filing joint and I had 150000 of income, I know that maybe I would convert up to the top end of my current tax rate. That gives me room for a $22,000 conversion and then I've got to figure out how I'm going to be able to afford that tax bill. But people need to be very intentional and specific in moving money from the left pocket to the right pocket. How important is it here to get professional guidance on this? Is it, is it something that if you're fairly savvy, you can do this yourself, or is this something where you could easily make a mistake that'll cost you? I have to be sincere. In this case, there are so many things in the world of finance that we can do with resources on the Internet and other things. But when we're talking about Roth conversions, you don't want to be converting in such a way that you have too much money and now you don't get a specific credit. You don't want to convert in such a way that now you get phased out of deductions. You don't want to convert in such a way that maybe you end up being means tested for things like medical. Medicare. So when it comes to Roth conversions, I encourage everybody to find a trusted advisor, CPA, financial planner, someone under a fiduciary standard who can help measure all of the calculations, ensure there's no blind spots, and help you get as much money as possible into the tax-free safety zone of the Roth IRA. That's Craig Willanos, the founding partner and chief executive officer at Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Thanks, Craig. Is always great advice. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday. And still to come, Facebook appears to be poised for a name change. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Reports indicate Facebook is looking to rebrand itself, and that could include changing its name. And we welcome Adam Raziri, the co-founder of the digital marketing firm Agency Partner Interactive out of Dallas. So, Adam, what's going on with Facebook? Good afternoon. So I think Facebook here is trying to really just reflect their new focus from controlling social media to controlling the future of the Internet. Facebook knows that as far as the future of the Internet is concerned, the real currency here is user data. And the path to that is really access to all of this. So as the Internet evolves, seeing things like smart speakers, smart cars, smartphones, and IoT devices come together, Facebook knows that uh, ultimately the data that it can pull from these sources is what will allow it to continue to grow and, and, and remain, remain powerful on the market. Facebook wants to control its destiny, and this move here is to really just kind of refocus really where they are as a company. So is this more like Google changing its 
overarching name to Alphabet, that sort of thing. Is that what we're talking about here with Facebook? This is like Facebook recognizing that it that has to change what it's doing today to continue to compete with companies like Google. Uh, of course, Google's rebrand uh, back in 2015 uh, kind of helped Google really recognize itself not just as a search engine anymore, but as a holding company for a lot of very powerful technology companies. So, you know, here's Facebook saying, hey, you know what, we do more than just social media. And is it trying to separate these other elements of its operation from the social media page, the one that is drawing most of the criticism and uh, most of the scrutiny? Or is it is it also along the lines of just simply trying to say, hey, we're more than that. We're much more than that. We have a lot of different platforms and a lot of different ways that we can monetize what we're getting. Great question. So, you know, in the market and certainly with our with our elected officials, we have discussions of antitrust and breaking up Facebook. But here we have Facebook kind of doubling down and saying, you know what, let's actually consolidate everything that we've absorbed so far. Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus. Let's, cons- let's, let's consolidate our operations to become even more powerful. So there's two very different conversations taking place, both in Congress and then certainly within the walls of Facebook. So is this in part a a kind of a rear guard action to prevent the there has been talk of, you know, we need to break up companies like Facebook. Is this in part kind of a strategy to help make that less likely? Well, it's certainly a diversion, you know, and timing is everything. We know that uh, obviously this comes after the whistleblower leaks and concerns about child privacy and, and mental health concerns. Uh, so, you know, this this could very well just distract the market. Uh, Facebook's moving full steam ahead in its growth and evolution as a business, whereas we know still that there are some issues with the business model that have yet to be addressed. And so far, we haven't really seen anything substantive come to the, come to light yet. Is there anything in particular with Facebook that we might be surprised to learn is either doing incredibly well or is got a lot of potential for the company down the road? Well, speaking of distractions, I think that we should be surprised to recognize that here we've seen Facebook using diversions to distract the market and small businesses from the fact that they do have a shrinking user base, but they're still raising the prices of advertising for small businesses. Um, not everything that you see in the headlines is, is quite what they what they seem. Uh, so it's definitely important to kind of dig deeper and, and see really what's going on here. And that's why we talk to people like Adam Raziri, the co-founder of the digital marketing firm Agency Partner Interactive in Dallas to get the behind-the-scenes news of what's going on. WBBM and HD Chicago, WCFS-FM and HD1 Elmwood Park, Chicago. An Odyssey station. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.